0: Welcome to the News and Why It Matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez. Today we are joined by a very special guest, uh, Joanna Rodriguez. Thanks for being here, Joanna. Joanna um, is an activist, but she is actually a very, uh, very good Venezuelan expert because she used to live there. Her family is still there. Um, so what a day for you to be in, Joanna. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Chad, what is the top story for you? I'm
1: an activist, uh, trying to figure out what I'm active. I'm, I'm a lazy, <laughs> I'm a lazy fist is what I am at 46 years of old. It's age, <laughs> uh, yeah, whatever. So top story today, I wanna to talk about an invasion of culture and how America is being blindsided in a, very, in a way that, we're, that is very deceptive.
0: It's right. gonna
2: surprise you how it comes across.
0: Okay, Andrew.
2: Uh, Normally, elections are between the two sides fighting and seeing who who can swing better at a particular issue. But there's an issue that I think almost all of the candidates, Republican and Democrats, can get behind. And I want to see who races to the front of that issue. Hmm.
3: All right.
0: And uh, Joanna?
3: Well, it's uh, going on in current events and Twitter. You see it trending, hopefully, on your timeline. We're talking about Venezuela and what is going on there with military coming in support of Juan Guaido.
0: All right. A lot to get into there. Obviously, first, we want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Um, So iTarget Pro is awesome because whenever I talk about them, I get to talk about how they have laser bullets. (laughs) Laser bullets. Um, But seriously, seriously, uh, the the best way, Joanna, you're big into Second Amendment. Absolutely. Right. The best way to learn your gun is to dry fire. Um, every gun is different. I, I know you're probably going to make fun of me, but I have a little baby 380 at home. Um,
3: and I'm not. I have the same. Do you? Yeah. Okay. It's the only one that I
0: can <laughs> I feel comfortable with. But I, my trigger pull, the the pull is really really long. It's always longer than I expect. And so I Target Pro. You can actually dry fire. You can get a, a feel for your gun. Chad, I know you really want one. I do. I really do. I, I got to get you one. Yeah. Um, but so you put the laser bolt. In there. Can
2: I have a gun? No. Uh, we don't trust no. you with a gun. Why don't I get a gun? We're, We're passing them out to Chad and yeah. the guests.
0: <laughs> we don't trust you with a gun quite okay, yet. It's fine.
2: Mm.
0: Uh, but you put, the, you put the laser bullet in there, you fire away uh, over and over. You can even keep track, as you guys can see who are watching it on the television, uh, you can keep track of where you're That's our HR guy. Shooting. You <laughs>
2: <laughs> are the HR guy? He gets a gun?
0: <sighs> um, so, Father's Day is coming up in a couple months. Uh, get Your father, an iTarget Pro, it pays for itself once you think about range costs and ammunition fees. Pays for itself. Go to iTargetPro.com. You can use promo code NEWS, and you will get 10% off right now with free shipping. That is iTargetPro.com. All right, Chad.
1: You know, here's the thing, and I was just looking up these, these pictures. I'm kind of going through these things, and I know it sounds kind of silly, but I want to talk about the latest announcement from Sports Illustrated's swimsuit issue. Now, you look at this young lady right here. She's obviously a beautiful girl, okay? Goes without saying. The point, though, that Sports Illustrated is trying to make is she's going to be the first model in their swimsuit issue that represents the Muslim heritage. She is wearing what they're calling not only a hijab, which is a, a somewhat of a head covering, but she's wearing what they're referring to as a burkini. So it's not a, it's not a bikini and it's not a burka. It's a burkini. And you could tell she's laying down in as the normal, stereotypical, lustful pose as one is oft to find in a Sports Illustrated swimsuit.
0: I night. always, when I go to the beach, I always lay like that. Yeah,
1: I know you lay. You get out in like half submerged in people's pee and fecal matter, and <laughs> yes. some of it's theirs and some of it's yours, and you just lay
0: lustfully so I there. Com- in I the... find it comfortable to put my arm up like that.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: And the other hand, so, <laughs> so this <laughs> is yeah. supposed to be
1: representative of of this, you know, Islam influence and obviously this inclusive culture that we live in these days. And the problem with that is you say, well, it's just a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. What's the big deal? Well, the issue is this. If this woman and again, a lovely girl, and I don't know that she's ever worn a burqa in her life. I, I have no idea what her heritage is. I know, don't know what her background is, but I know what they're representing. This is another opportunity for the mainstream to say, OK, uh, this is where the world is going. It is an all-inclusive, non-assimilating amalgam of p- cultural, you know, differences but we can all get along. I appreciate the idea in theory. If she were to do this in Iran wearing her burkini, she would be beheaded. Now granted the guy that beheaded her could happily look at the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and the rest of his buddies and while Allah would not like it, they would get away with it, okay? The reason I'm bringing this up is because this is yet another opportunity for the powers that be to bring in something that is vastly different from American culture. And when I say American, I mean those who adhere to the Constitution of the United States and say, we're going to make this religion much more palatable and westernize it so that you can swallow it. This is what it looks like. That is not what Islam looks like. That is not at all what it looks like in those countries, they don't wear burkinis, they don't. And so the idea that we can bring this in and, and then everybody can just get along and we can accept everybody's different cultures, that's fine. But you know, in, in Brunei, they're stoning gays, in other countries they're throwing gays off of buildings, uh, women are being beaten, you don't have to go very far on Twitter or any social media to see a video of a woman being, uh, being beaten by her spouse, slapped around, kids being slapped around. So to honor this, and, I, and I've said this, I've gone on record before and said that, that I, I, I've caught a lot of flack for it, and I don't care, I'll continue to catch flack. I'm not Islamophobic because I'm not afraid of a Muslim. I'm not afraid of anybody, so I'm not Islamophobic, I, but I've seen cultures. Islam is not a religion of peace. Very, you can you you are hard pressed to find any place on the planet where it has existed as a regime, as a philosophy, as a as a theocracy, as an ideology, as a religion that's in control where there has been long lasting peace. You might could point to Malaysia, Indonesia, places like that, but otherwise it's not a religion of peace. And so we're trying to make this much more palatable. And so what happens is you have people who look at an Ilan Omar who's consistently saying publicly her anti Semitic remarks, and we're saying, oh well, she just misunderstood. You know, we, we look at look. It doesn't look all that bad. It's a beautiful girl in a Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition. And I think as we go forward, we're going to get more and more into this where these things become one uh, lustful. They get laughable and they get laundered and it becomes easy for us to accept as an American as an American culture. And I, I, that is dangerous.
0: Ooh, all right. I feel like I was just taking a church right there. That's what I do. <laughs> uh, Andrew, you want to weigh in?
2: Yeah. Uh, you know what? I get uh, the stuff called cunefe, which is like if you have you had baklava before? Yes. It's okay, like, so cunefe is like baklava soaked in honey with with molten cheese I at the can't bottom. I can
0: see where it, you're going
2: with it. It's this. a Turkish it's a Turkish dish. It's the best dessert in the world. It's my favorite. The guys I get it from perfectly fine. They're Muslim, they're welcome in my neighborhood, they're welcome in the United States. And if their dollars are hot, they're welcome on magazines I buy. So I am perfectly fine with this woman being on there. I, I think that the the big part of the United States is not that we've got a particular culture; it's that we're a pluralistic culture. So if uh, if someone wants to be on the on the cover of Sports Illustrated and they're Muslim, I'd like to see more skin, but I'm not remotely bothered by <laughs> what the religion is. Like if if she were if she were the exact same person, and they said she's Unitarian, I'd be like, well, she's welcome on there. She should show some cleavage, but that's fine. So my my position overall is you should uh, mow her grass. I I don't, and I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna push back on you a little bit, Chad. I don't think that Islam's monolithic in the same way that I don't think like. I know a lot of Christians that wouldn't want Roy Moore to be their stand-in for what they view as Christianity. Uh, There are a lot of very peaceful, very nice Muslims that serve me meals, and and all, you know, I'm not saying they all do that. They serve you. They serve me meals. No, that that cunefa, go get (laughs) cunefa. Uh, so so I, I I, think I'm fine with it. It doesn't bother me at well, all. Well, you know, on, on my show, on the Chad Prather Show, we have these little
1: shorts where we have highballs with heat and we're, we're Andrew and I I'm usually alcohol <laughs> I'm usually and we debate topics. So right he and I now. are good at going back and forth with each other and, and we have a great time with that. But, uh, but again... Okay, pluralism is a dangerous and slippery slope to get into. It really is, because if you're going to accept these many, you gotta keep accepting those in there. Where do you cut off the, the pluralistic you, you, folks you that are coming off,
2: in there? If, if it gets violent, you cut it off.
1: Okay, but if, so if it to becomes that point expressive, you cut it off. To that point, so to to say that Islam and the folks that you're buying Baklava from, because I can't say the cute what is it? Cunefe. 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 So, well, uh, so if, if I'm gonna go by cunefe, here's the thing. I don't care if, if your peaceful practicing Muslim is practicing Islam. However, those in the Middle East are gonna say that they are infidels just like you are. And until I see moderate practicing Muslims come out and unequivocally condemn extreme Islam, They're part of the problem, too. that, though. You've got plenty of Muslims in the United States that come out and condemn it all the time. Not true, moderate, practicing Muslims. Folks that, I mean, very few. There are some out there, occasionally you'll find some some imams that will come out there and say that, but they would still consider them. You send them to to, uh, Yemen, they're going to be considered infidels. They'll behead them. They're not part of what, they're not part of that culture. They're just not. not. They are Americanized, they are bastardized, and in the opinion of the average Muslim in the Middle East, they look at them and say they've sold out, they've gone to the (laughs) Great Satan.
2: That's their problem. That's not our problem. If you're an American and you're living in Kansas <laughs> or in I'm not like, saying
1: that keep, we should have camps in and we should have internment camps for Muslims. Mo- that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that where it has predominantly been the religious uh, ideology, theocracy, the, the uh, political head, it has not lasted in peace for any
2: long period of time. That's yeah. what I'm
1: saying. Now, in America, we haven't had that.
2: We haven't had a yet. theocracy either. And, I, that's, and I, that would kind of be happening thing it. there. So, like, don't but, get it. Muslim countries do. They do.
1: They do operate under what they perceive to be, you know, Sunni Muslims, Shia Muslims. They all, all the way to the Wahhabi Muslim extremists. They believe they operate under a theocracy.
0: Joanna, you want to jump in here? We need we need the female feedback yes. here.
3: <laughs> I read this book once. Uh, I believe it's called uh, "Searching for Allah, Finding Jesus," something along those terms, and it mm-hmm. really opened up my eyes. Um, to the Muslim religion, because as this uh, young man is searching for a way to empower himself uh, as a Muslim and find out more, he ends up finding out those uh, violent tendencies that exist in the Islamic uh, religion. So it's really interesting.
0: And I do understand your point, Chad, is that, you know, you're not, it's not a, a, a bigoted thing. It's just to normalize a culture that, you know... Wants to throw wants to. gays off buildings yeah. is not really a great thing to well, do there here in the United States. Might be some
2: people fleeing those awful regimes as well for that exact reason. In which case, come on over and, and hang which, out with me. Which again, those
1: regimes would still consider them bastardized and infidels because, yeah, because those it, regimes are terrible. It, they are terrible, and I agree with you. And they should be. I mean, they're not. They. they I don't want to get into too many words that get me in trouble, <laughs> but they're not good. But if you follow the Koran to the letter of the thing, it, it's it is very outspoken about what you do with the infidel. And, and that's a fact. She's an infidel.
2: Oh, She's a beautiful infidel. Yeah, yeah. well, I okay. But I'm with you. I'm going to turn the yeah, page yeah, and the, get the, the skin. The, the, the regimes are bad. We can all agree on you skin. Can, there's where
0: we find <laughs> the ground yeah. here. Yeah, 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 can, yeah. I don't
1: care if it's yeah. black, yellow, red, brown, white, peach. I don't care what color your skin is. We just need the skin.
2: Andrew, last word. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah. Um, I just I want to make a distinction. There's a difference between a, a theocratic Muslim regime and a Muslim, right? The, the sure. theocratic Muslim regime is bad. Like I like I think the Saudi Arabian government's terrible. I don't know why we're friends with them. Agreed. They're they're a theocratic medieval monarchy. Uh, but there's plenty of like you know fine people that are Muslim that I are willing to be a part of the American experience, individual rights, pluralism, all that kind of thing. And if you want to do that and be over here, then you're welcome. And you're just as well, American I'm sure you'd so. admit that Sharia and and the Constitution cannot coexist. Hundred yeah. percent. I 100 yeah. percent agree with you there. I I uh, if you're talking about a form of government that's predicated exactly. on a religion, I'm 100% against that. What I'm trying to do is make a distinction with, you can be a Muslim without being a theocrat, you can be a Muslim without being in favor of sharia. And, and I would agree with that, except those regimes would consider them infidels. Yes, they would.
0: Andrew just wants the dessert. He just doesn't want to go. No, it he's
1: it. just watered <laughs> down, like they have, they've watered down Islam like they are in Sports Illustrated. We like the watered down version
0: All right, of back, Islam. Alright, back in
2: a minute. <laughs> I should have
0: All right, before we get back into the conversation, I want to thank our sponsor, Relief Factor. Um, So I was in a car accident in 2013 and just screwed up everything. It's amazing how just one accident just completely affects your entire life. My back was all messed up. I had protruding discs. Um, I had my knee messed up. And the knee I got taken care of, the back I just could not... It would not go away. It was just a constant nagging pain. I did massage, I did acupuncture, a whole bunch of hippie stuff too, and nothing worked. Um, and then I came over to the Blaze and started using Relief Factor. A bunch of people here were using it. Um, it's 100% natural, so it's drug free, and it fights the inflammation, which is the root cause of uh, a lot of people's pain. They just don't realize it. So if you are trying prescriptions, pharmaceutical you know, drugs and you are not finding relief, which I think is a lot of people out there, because I think it's like 66% of people who live in pain just think that they're going to just always live like that. Um, try Relief Factor. I know it, it could be life-changing. It was life-changing for me to not just live in constant pain. Um, you can go to relieffactor.com right now. Get your uh, Quick Start Pack. It is a three-week Quick Start Pack for 19 Seventy percent of the people who buy that go on to keep buying Relief Factor, so it's working for the majority of people. It works for us over here at the Blaze. It can work for you too. Go to ReliefFactor.com. Uh, Andrew, if you don't mind, I'm going to go ahead, and I feel like we're just talking about you know oppressive regimes. Uh, you know, uh, it's probably a good transition to discuss what's going on in Venezuela. I
2: yield the floor.
0: But thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, speaker. Really appreciate it. Uh, so. Joanna, I know you left Venezuela in two thousand
3: one. Uh, yes, I okay. was really young. <laughs> yes,
0: uh, but your family is still there right now. So let's let's get into what's going on there right now um, in the news, and then yeah,
3: you know, absolutely. So this morning I received a call from my mom. I think it was like five thirty a.m. She was hysterical in tears. I thought, you know, someone in my close family had died. And she told me to turn on the news, sent me a link, and it turns out that uh, Juan Guaido was surrounded uh, with uh, military members, National Guard members, who were in support of him, which is something that we have not seen in the past with what is going on in Venezuela. And since this morning, there have been people on the streets peacefully protesting um, for the support of uh, Juan Guaido and for Nicolás Maduro to step down. And this is this is really really big for the people of Venezuela in their search for freedom and liberty.
0: Um, and I do want to to mention in the protests there has been some some violence um, from the military. And I do want to warn you guys we are about to show a video that could be disturbing. So if you have children in the room, whatever, just be warned. Um, there was you know at, at some points today they had the armed trucks. There they are. Actually, um, you know, the protesters are there. And then you've got the other trucks coming in and actually just mowing down, mowing down the Venezuelan people.
3: Um, Joanna, you've got you've got family members
0: that are um, they're over there. And are they taking part in these protests?
3: Yes, I actually got the most adorable picture of my great aunt and my aunt. And they are in Altamira, Uh marching. Thankfully, they as long as I've heard, they are safe and they're fine. They're not with uh, some of the more violent areas of what's happening, but it is scary because you don't have connections with them. The internet is spotty. They can only communicate really through WhatsApp whenever they have ability to connect with us. And you just live in fear of is my family going to be okay? Am I going to be able to hear from them tonight? And after that image was shown, after that video was shown, it was being broadcasted on CNN. And I think it's important to note that um, CNN International was actually cut off after that in Venezuela. So they did a blackout and I believe BBC Global as well was cut off in Venezuela. And the government, um, the illegitimate government of Nicolás Maduro is completely blocking off communication of Venezuelans being able to communicate with each other and being able to hear what is actually going on in the streets.
0: So what would you um, say to those who say that this is an attempted coup?
3: It's complicated because it's hard for people not to under like, to, to understand the complexities of what's going on in Venezuela. But Juan Guaido is the legitimate president, and if he is the president, how can this be a coup if this is his Venezuela?
1: Yeah, and with a constitution that was that was accepted in 1999, so this goes back. You know, 20 years, and there is a valid government on, on, on the books that mm-hmm. exist. And Maduro has, has consistently held this regime in place. And, you know, I'm always fascinated by the people who want to be experts in the subject matter of socialism, who have never been oppressed in any way, mm-hmm. shape or form, mm-hmm. who want to get on their thousand uh, dollar phones and mm-hmm. tweet out how, you know, <laughs> socialism would work if we just try it. And you have people who we've seen the atrocities that have gone on in Venezuela. My good friend, Anna, we were just talking off the air. She, it took her seven years, but yesterday she sent me a picture of her, of her signed statement from the president saying, congratulations, she's now a citizen of the United States, and she's excited about that. And I always try to say, let's defer to the people who know, like yourself, who have family there, boots on the ground, so to speak, who are seeing this experience and, and living it out. And let's, let's hear what they think, because what I've heard is not so great
3: I'm glad that you brought that up because on social media, specifically Twitter, I've been berated Mm -hmm. for talking about Venezuela. And most of the time uh, it is from Americans, white Americans, who have absolutely no idea what's going on in Venezuela. They're like, you can't support the United States intervention in Venezuela. And it's not it's not a exactly. US I, don't, I don't
2: support a US intervention in Venezuela. I also don't support oppressive socialists running Venezuela. Yeah, yeah. Like Absolutely. I like I There's don't think not we, an
3: either or thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Exactly. I don't think we should get involved with it militarily at the same time. Like I really hope that the legitimate president's able to oust the socialist dictator. Uh, yeah. that would be a good outcome, I think.
3: Yeah. Well, go, go ahead. Joanne. You even have Democrats who are calling out Nicolas Maduro and telling him to leave and step down uh, peacefully. What you hear silence on is from Bernie Sanders and other left-leaning Democrats.
1: And the telling thing about that is you have Cuba who's come in and they're supporting Maduro and they're fighting on, this, on the behalf of this regime. Anything Cuba's getting behind yeah. is problematic because that means Russia is behind it. Yeah. And that's problematic. And I, I encourage Russia, whether it's our elections or our hemisphere, to stay out. Mm-hmm. We don't need you. And so Cuba coming in, that's a telltale sign of what we're up against.
0: Joanna, um, what would you say to um, people, and I heard this a lot on social media this morning, people who their argument is, well, Venezuela doesn't have it that bad. Um, You're not being told the truth. The United States has it worse. This is legitimately what I heard was that we have so many people in poverty. We have police killing the other people in the streets. We have, I mean, actually legitimately saying the United States.
2: Nebraska, Venezuela. (laughs) Alaska Venezuela. You
0: you know, the United States has problems, (laughs) too. The media is making it look like Venezuela has more problems than they actually do. What would you say to that? I mean, problems exist in every country
3: in the world. Um, But what you can't hide is the fact that inflation in Venezuela is over 73,000 percent. That minimum wage is $3 a month in Venezuela. But their goods are still price at American prices. A carton of eggs will be $3 and they've just wasted their entire monthly paycheck on a carton of eggs. Mm -hmm. These problems exist and it doesn't lessen the severity of what's going on in the U.S. because we do have our own problems. But there is a severe humanitarian crisis happening in Venezuela.
1: Let me ask you a question because I had someone who posed a question to me this morning and they said, well, you know, this is in the cities. These people that are out in the villages growing their own food and planting their own things and all this stuff, it's not really affecting them, is it? And I, I had my answer. I want to hear what you have to say because yeah, it is a humanitarian aid, a humanitarian crisis.
3: I watched a documentary uh, specifically about food production in Venezuela and they don't have that anymore. It showed a landscape that used to be for farming in Venezuela and after the government took over of production those farms, those farmlands and those farmers have been pushed out. They are not able to provide food for their own people. Mm -hmm. They are waiting for government hands out. They are waiting for the government to give you that fish and feed them for the day. And just so happens that... Government's running out of fish to give out. So
2: socializing agriculture is a great way to kill people. If you need to kill a ton of people, socialize agriculture. What they did That's in the true. Soviet Union—that was—they was, would go, uh, "Well, you, you, don't, you don't own the land, so you don't have any incentive to do this, other than we're going to punish you unless you do this thing." And then, and then they went, "We need more food." Uh, you farmers, every from now on, you gotta mow an addition, not mow, rake. I don't know. Who knows agriculture terms here? You got you gotta plow. claw, you got <laughs> plow, <laughs> plow, plow. Uh, and I'm the Oklahoma. Oh, leave it to the guy in Tilly. the cowboy hat. <laughs> <Yeah, yeah. laughs> Thank you. They, they, they went. You, you've got to plow uh, an additional twenty hectares every day. And so what the farmers did, because again, it's not it, they're not involved in the process in terms of self-interest, is they went okay, and they just raised up the plow, uh, plow so that they were gonna do like half an inch of soil, and then everybody starves to death. And so there's there's all sorts of the 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 uh, the Venezuelan government is such. a a incredible emblem of where socialism just completely implodes. Like, you brought up inflation a minute ago. I started paying attention to this maybe four years ago, and the story that brought me in was that there were uh, shopkeeps that weren't even counting money anymore. They were just weighing stacks of money. That would be the equivalent of going to the bank in America and getting just $20,000 and just uh, Walmart not even looking at it and going, okay, that looks like it's maybe four pounds. Okay, you can get some eggs. It's amazing.
0: Um, Joanna, uh, before we go, How is it, because I'm trying to wrap my head around, how it is that Americans can be latching on to this idea of socialism at the exact same time socialism is completely collapsing Venezuela?
3: I think we're used to instant gratification. We have the likes on Twitter, the likes on Instagram. We want things now. And it happens a lot in millennials and people my age, unfortunately, and fortunately, in younger. We want things now. We want free college. We want cheaper and free health care. We want all these free, free, free give me, give me, give me. And you're not really looking at the long term effects of what this has on our country. Yeah. All right, back in a minute.
0: Speaking of socialism and its awful effects, we have a special Glenn is doing. It is called Socialism, a Warning from the Dead. Uh, they're actually that's why they're they're not here are regularly occurring. Uh, figures here. They're not here because they're over there on the other set working on this. They've done a lot, a lot of hard work. It's amazing what they've uncovered. Um, It is going to be tomorrow at 8 Eastern, 7 Central. It is also going to be for free on Blaze TV, on Glenn Beck's Facebook, and also on Blaze TV's YouTube. So, be sure to check it out. Um, and I feel like it's probably going to go over a lot of things that you already know, and you sit around here and you're like, you stupid Americans. You have no idea. You just don't even get it. Uh, so make sure to tune in. Again, it is going to be free on Blaze TV. And hey, if you have not already done so, I don't know what you're waiting for, but subscribe to Blaze TV. You can get $10 off of your annual subscription with promo code NEWS. And we will see you guys in overtime.
1: Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze TV subscribers. Not a subscriber? Start your free trial at blazetv.com. Andrew.
0: Andrew. All right, now's your chance to get to your top story. You said we can all come together on something. Is that what yeah, you said? You're just so optimistic. It's I am. So cute. I'm,
2: thank you always very much. I'm always to come together. I'm, I'm, I'm on the cute ticket. I would if, if I had like there's <laughs> an cute. elephant and a donkey, but I've got like a puppy. Yes. And I'm trying to get that everybody. Come on, Team Puppy, America. That is. So you. Uh, the the thing that I was heartened by, um, one of the issues that Republicans and Democrats are both getting on, which I'm really really pleased by, is criminal justice reform. Uh, America has the the most people on the planet that are in prison. We we have the highest uh, incarceration. Rate by percentage or by by real total. Even though there's a billion people in China and a billion people in India, we've got more of them, and a lot of them, particularly on the federal level, are nonviolent drug offenders. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, in 2018, President Trump signed off on bipartisan legislation, the first the first Step Act. And he granted clemency to a few people that were nonviolent, um, that had, uh, had been in prison for years and years. Obama, hadn't, uh, Obama had used his clemency powers to do something similar to that. There was a, a, a great-grandmother that had been in prison for 24 years uh, for drug trafficking. Um, and right now, the Democrats are trying to figure out how to position themselves in the forthcoming election. And Amy Klobuchar is putting this forward as one of her policy things of criminal justice reform. And hats off to her. I'm really glad she's doing it. What she wants to do is she said that she wants to use her clemency power to get nonviolent drug offenders fast-tracked out of prison. Now, a lot of the other Democrats are doing that as well, but they're doing it kind of in the sense of like, yeah, if you brought them to my attention, I'd give them clemency in a kind of case-by-case basis if it pops up. I'll do it. What she wants to do is she wants to form a commission that would be outside of the Justice Department that would have advisors in it from Republicans and Democrats that are, you know, legal legal scholars and that kind of thing. And it would go through, okay, you're 52, you owned pot when you were 18, we can let you go, that kind of thing. And basically try and fast track these nonviolent people out of it. I'm heartened by this because rather than just, uh, rather than just having it be a, a kind of arbitrary system, it sounds like she actually might have an actual fast track system in place on that. And I'll add to that, I don't think it's anything that Donald Trump would really disagree on. Yeah. So I, I am hoping that this will this will be something where she is taking the lead and compelling everybody to march forward on this because it's an important issue. And I'm glad she's kicking it off. So the reason why she's doing that and the reason every other Democrat
1: probably would look favorably upon it is because, as I've said this many, many times, I've gone on record and I've said, Donald Trump is not a far-right person. Mm-hmm. He is a middle-of-the-road guy. If anything, he is probably just left of center. Mm-hmm. But Iran has left in order for the Democrats, and, and again, this is why Bernie Sanders, the DNC is not going to let Bernie Sanders be no, a candidate. No. And they're not going to let Biden be a candidate because he's not far enough crazy. Biden gave a speech the other day where Trump could have said the exact same words. OK, it was low energy, but he said the same words. The words were great. They're, they're fantastic words. And so, <laughs> look, here's the thing. They have to make Trump look far right. So Trump's saying the same thing that Democrats have been saying for 30, 35 years. Prison reform they can get on board with. Now, build a wall, border security, they can't do that because that feels like it's racist. That just feels like oppressive, right? Even though they've said it over the years. Prison reform they can get on because let's face it, what demographic does prison reform most affect? It's the minorities. It's the folks who are impoverished, the folks who who are typically have been on that Democratic plantation. So, yeah, let's get them out of prison. Because, yes, as a culture, by and large, they probably are going to vote Democrat. That's why you're hearing them say, hey, you know what? Yeah, Trump would agree with this. We're going to say the same thing because in the long run, ultimately, and that's the beauty of what Trump has done. He went out there and said, okay, these people who get out of prison, they're probably not going to get out of prison and automatically start voting for the right. They're not going to vote Republican. Even in spite of that, he's going for justice. They're going for votes. And I I just have a like that's that's harsh for me
0: to say, but I still believe it's true. I'm, I'm seeing the, these polar opposites here—the optimism and the pessimism. I just don't trust a Democrat.
2: <laughs> I, I don't care what the intentionality is on this one. I, I care that uh, if you're, you know, a 50-year-old that owned pot when you were in college—that
1: I agree with. That, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. that I so, agree with.
2: I mean, I got drugs on me now.
3: Yeah. So, know <laughs> you wanted Ridge zone. Well, uh, I studied criminal justice, uh, so this is a topic that is a little bit near and dear to my heart. And uh, I, I actually really support Trump with what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things that I don't know how I feel about is the Democrats who are saying um, that they would grant voting rights to uh, felons
0: currently in it's
3: prison. funny, we, just,
0: we had a <laughs> we great discussion yeah. about that <laughs> yesterday. So what, what's, your, what's your reservation on that?
3: I'm, I'm fine with it afterwards. They've served their time. Mm-hmm. You paid your dues. Mm-hmm. But while you're in prison... You are currently serving your time. A time will come where you can get out and be educated and make your own decision on uh, what's going on. And one of the things that I studied in uh, criminal justice was the books that they allow in prisons tend to be left-leaning books. Huh. So if you want to buy into this theory that they would vote with the Democrats, look at what they're reading. hmm Interesting. Well,
1: and and it's it's. I agree with you. While you're in prison, I don't think it's. First of all, voting is not a right; it's a privilege. And so, if you've you you have the ability to revoke certain privileges, such as your freedom, when you commit felonies. And so, I agree with you. I think I kind of lean towards if you've if you've served your sentence, you've done your time in prison, you've gotten your probation, you've paid your dues to society. There should be a restitution and a and a redemption there in terms of that ability to vote. I I agree with you on that, but in prison, eh.
2: And Andrew. I'm I'm am f- for people voting. Like I, I, that's I so f- weird, dude. <laughs> I, I, I view it like you know, if, if you commit a crime, we don't exile you. Like if there, there's no, there's no crime in the the American Republic that you your your citizenship is abolished and you must wander away from Rome and no one can give you food or water. Like, well, oh, but
0: like, I mean that's much different than not allowing you to vote while you're in prison. Can
2: no, be? but what I'm saying is I do think that there are elements of being an American that that aren't necessarily abrogated by being in prison. Obviously, you can't like you're, you're we don't give you the honor system of you can walk around but don't shoot anybody. Yeah, no, you, you have to stay in this gone. little area, yeah, right? A- okay. Literally your
0: so there are things are taken away yeah
2: but I, but I think yeah. that I think voting is one of those things that's fairly integral to being an American and I, I don't I don't the think the reason that- I don't think so is because when you
1: are put into the penit- the penitentiary you're put into the federal prison system <clears throat> you you are now a ward of the state in what in a way you're a captive of the state you' your God if you will your governmental leader is the warden of that prison now if you can't vote for who the warden's going to be, then how do you get to vote for who the senator is going to be? You just don't have that right. You have forfeited that right. And that is that is one of the and you have forfeited the privilege, I should sh- say, to correct myself. And, and I just don't think that you can do that. It, it's
2: you know, if you if you're in for murder, the person you murdered can't vote. Why should you get oh, well, the vote? What if you're, you know, you, you 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 sold marijuana? Like I like I, I think I'm fine with you. If you sold
1: marijuana, I agree with you. I don't think you should be in a penitentiary anyway. Yeah, you should be anyway, right, so, it isn't right. in general. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and yeah. this, this well, a point I'll make though is that I think if you could vote, uh, like in Oklahoma, if, if we let felons vote, I think marijuana would have been legalized a lot faster because most of our felons are there for <laughs> meth and marijuana. So like you know would have been would have been quicker if we would let that happen.
0: That is quite the constituency there, Andrew.
3: It is Oklahoma.
2: Puppy. Puppy <laughs> candidate
3: right here. Let me tell you Gene something. puppy.
1: <laughs> uh, you can right. go far in prison.
0: <laughs> Melissa Milano. Mm, isn't she just a peach? Mm-hmm. I just love her. Uh, she was tweeting out, I, I think it was, who was it? George Takai or someone, George Takei, yes. right, who, who started this uh, bandwagon of, we all need to band together as Democrats and pledge not to speak ill of any of the Democrat candidates because we have to do whatever it takes to beat Trump. So if there's any scandals or you know lies or anything like that, let's just pretend that they didn't do it. Uh, and then Alyssa Milano had, of course, something to say. She said, hashtag I pledge to not speak negatively about anyone running for president
1: do you.
0: Huh. Interesting. That's
1: fine with me. I'm going to do it, a lot of it for you. I'm going to talk negative about every single one of them. I mean, Eric Swalwell, doesn't that guy look like the, the pinhead cousin that you got that wants to show up at Thanksgiving dinner and say, hey, if you got a minute, I got a business opportunity I want to show you. I <laughs> mean, like, like, like it is. He's like the cousin you want to punch in the face.
0: Isn't he the one that just uh, released a video on Twitter that was like, I'm a country music lover. I'm a country music fan that <laughs>
1: had spiked blonde hair when I was in high school. It's because you're a dork. And so, you know, I look at... Pocahontas Warren, and and I'm like this, you know what, where, why, huh? No, free education. I mean, they, I, like I'm gonna talk about all of them. Keaton and I'll debate him, you know, Well, he because he's a Bernie guy. Well, I also... How dare you say
0: <laughs> <laughs> How
1: dare
2: you?
0: I also find it interesting... <laughs>
2: the tank for Bill Weld, we all know that.
0: Someone should he let her know over. that Trump is actually also running for president. <laughs> she didn't really specify in her comment. No, she no. just said... And she
1: was jumping off of George's deal because he said yes,
0: our candidates. Yes, our candidates. Okay,
1: again, and I'm going to hush because I've talked way too much on this, this whole thing, but... but E- wait no. until these Golly. debates start happening and you watch this circular firing squad and this devolution of downward growth spiral happen in the Democratic Party when they really try to out mm-hmm. lunacy one another. It's going to be fun, fun, fun to watch. Did you see Pete Buttigieg uh, <laughs> go to have the lunch with Al Sharpton? And if you seen the video of that deal and all these people in their cameras are out there, it looks like a bad podcast. <laughs> and I guarantee Al Sharpton did didn't pick up the check for lunch you know and there he's a like, can i eat fried chicken can i eat fried chicken with my fingers and, and it's got the hot sauce can you imagine if trump was sitting there oh with god. a black man eating fried chicken saying you is it okay like asking for the etiquette to eat fried chicken uh, oh my god the media would not be shutting up up for weeks over a, this that's thing. impeachment right there
0: yeah, yeah. that's impeachment actually <laughs> <laughs> joanna you want to jump in <laughs>
3: she needs a minute yeah i'm like okay no um i think it's really interesting how you're gonna have this kind of friendship let's hold hands and sing around our candidates because at the end of the day i think that's something the democrats are good at that some of the people in the republican party fail to come together as agreed yeah Mm -hmm. and uh, if they can do it power to them, but I can't not speak negatively. I would say
0: historically they had, the Democrats have been very good about keeping their conflicts behind closed doors, um, and, and always publicly coming together. I feel like though, that's, that that's ending with all of these new well, young
1: socialists. It, it, it ended when Hillary bought the DNC and the DNC kicked Bernie out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Because that was exposed. don't right. Brazil well, right. exposed that. Deal. But, I
0: mean, you've got Cortez and you've got Omar yeah. and you've got this new breed that, you know, they're... That's racist. <laughs> <laughs> that they're challenging all of these establishment ideas. They're cha- you know, they're challenging. So, and they're very vocal about it. I mean, uh, what did AOC say the, the other day? She said that, that she was going to keep a list of whoever voted with Trump and she was going to let yes. everyone know their names. I mean, it's getting a little bit more public than it used and to I, be. I like feel
2: I, uh, that whole and like vote, voting with the president and against the president. This just it, if you're watching this at home and it ever gives you rates of like, oh, such and such votes with the president, x amount of the time. The way they calculate that is just procedural. Like if he's like, hey, we're gonna break for lunch. If the Republicans are doing that, that counts for voting with the president. So like that's nonsense anyway. And I, <laughs> really? I, I can't fathom that she's gonna actually figure that out and like right. keep a good list of that. Um,
0: she can't figure out how to put together IKEA furniture. She hasn't put either. her furniture together <laughs> yeah. yet.
2: That's exactly right. <laughs> I, you know what? says i like I like the impulse that Melissa Alyssa Milano is subscribing to, but but i'm going 'm going to clarify it I think it 's perfectly good and you should be negative during a primary process mm-hmm. i 'm an independent I plan to be very negative and very vetting of everybody running in on this, but I think you can do that without doing rampant character attacks that 's the thing I would like to avoid yeah. I think that uh, there, are, there are a lot of people where uh, I, I, I try not to do this. I, I could not stand Roy Moore as a candidate when he was running, but I felt like I could bury him on a policy level, on a juris, ju- jurisprudential level. I never had to get into character. You didn't have to assassinate the No, character. I didn't need yeah. to. You know, and I'll go one step
1: further on that. So a video came out that went viral this week where Anna Paulina gets in the face of Kamala yes. Harris yes. at the airport, who's trying to take a picture with a supporter, and she's, la, 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 la. And I tweeted out after that. I said, you know, if you are a conservative and you resort to tactics of getting into a Democratic candidate's face in a public place, you're not helping; you're hurting. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I understand I this whole. I thought you throw that shade. Well, yeah. we'll see, well, see, conservatives want to say, well, we've been bullied so long that we, it's time for us to get in their face. No, it's not. Civil discourse, people, don't get away from what our founding fathers intended. They wanted debate. They wanted dialogue. They wanted disagreement. They wanted discussion. They wanted discourse. It's okay to have civil discourse. If you're going to get, if you're going to to, to come down to the level of just shouting people out of a restaurant who are trying to mind their own business because you disagree with their policies and their politics. I disagree with that. I, I, it just, it's just, it's got, it's a bad flavor for me.
0: Uh, part of me, I mean, I agree with you. Yeah. There's like the devil on this one side, though, that's like, yeah, but they're doing it to our people in restaurants. This woman is running yeah. for president, and she should, to some extent, have to answer for what she has supported. But I
1: go back to what Andrew said, and I agree with him wholeheartedly. I think that you can, you can, you can destroy somebody on their policy. And you don't have to devolve into that. And that's that's the issue, civil discourse. I should be smart enough with my rhetoric and my logic. Because here's the thing, bad logic will always fold in on itself. It's a house of cards. It, you just give it time, you pull the string, look at Venezuela. Mm. Socialism doesn't work. Its logic as an economic system will fall in on itself. Because as soon as the money's gone, you better hope you have a benevolent dictator in charge or else you're in trouble. And they don't have that. Yeah. Yeah. Give it and time.
3: I think that maybe it's the optimist in me, but if you were able to approach someone on a more friendly basis, just asking that question, she could have had that question answered, sure. but she had to you know, raise her voice and berate her. Mm-hmm.
1: I have people all the time that say, Why do you enter into debates on, online, on social media, or even on these shows? And I say, Because it's not about me trying to change the mind of the person I'm talking to, I want to change the mind of the person who's listening in. And that's the thing, how do I go about that? If I lower myself to that level and I seem like I'm full of vitriol and animosity, it's just not gonna be an effective tool.
0: Yeah, uh, all right, Today, uh, yesterday's poll, what did you watch over the weekend? This was an interesting poll. Uh, Avengers Endgame got 22%, 32% was Game of Thrones. 38% was the Trump rally in Wisconsin, this, so more this people... This explains
2: a lot about my popularity on this program. <laughs> that 38% were the Trump rally, Well, 32 watched Game of Thrones. I am apparently That's not like... of the dominant demographic. <laughs> 38% lied.
0: Eight, 8%, 8% was all of the above. I I was in the minority then. I didn't watch any of them. I didn't
1: watch any of them.
0: Not any of them. I am going to go see Avengers this weekend, though.
1: I had four shows over the weekend, so I was watching my, my crowd from a stage, so...
0: Such a professional.
1: Yeah. yeah, it was great. Hard worker. I came home with a bunch of checks. It was nice. <laughs> <laughs> I love capitalism. Love
0: capitalism. Uh, today's poll, with Biden surging in the polls, which 2020 Dem will be the first to criticize America's favorite creepy uncle? We were just discussing that. They're not supposed to criticize each other. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh. Who do you guys think? Jill Brand. I
2: think, I think, think, I think Jill I think, Brand's going to throw shade first. I think she going You she's don't think it's Bernie? I don't think Bernie will, because like, Bernie's already had a couple opportunities to do that on the on the Foxtown Hall. He was very—he's like, I've been friends with him for years. I'm not going to say, and I'll say like Bernie, like, and I am not a Bernie fan, but
0: okay, Bernie fan.
2: Bernie, Bernie ran like when he ran uh, last time. He ran an aspirational campaign. Yeah. When, you, when you go back and you watch those, they're they're like, let's come together and you know, like it, it wasn't a mudslinging campaign. And he kicked people out of his campaign where they were mudslinging. He's not going to be the first one to, to pull the trigger on him.
0: Okay, I just think uh, Gillibrand is just like, why, why even bother?
2: Yeah. Why, I agree. Would she,
0: why would she even bother criticizing him? She's, she's
2: trying to, like, you know, so we jump can talk up. about him. Yeah. She's fighting relevancy right now. Who do you
0: think it's going to be? Buttigieg. Buttigieg?
1: Yeah, I, I don't uh. think Buttigieg can be the token gay for very long without really coming out. He's already proven it with Mike Pence, even though it's not a candidate that he's running against. But he's already said, I'm going to, you know, he already created a fire where there wasn't one. You know, yes. he created a battle where a fight where there wasn't one with Mike Pence. I, I think it's going to come out and eventually. He's going to be that persecuted uh, victim.
3: Yeah. What do you think, Joanna? I think it's gonna be your work. Uh, I, I think he's gonna like that. try to cling yeah. to that fame that he has. There was a video of a rally that he had. I think it was like in Nevada somewhere where barely anyone showed up. Yeah, he wants to rise in the polls. He wants to yeah. stay in the media. And he, yeah, he very
0: clearly is in it for the attention. I mean, you can, tell, you can tell that right away just from any of his interviews where he's like, I, all of my charitable, contribution, charitable contributions come in the form of um, dedicating my time to you guys. Yeah. yeah. And you're welcome, America. <laughs> Sorry yeah. for slapping you in the face while thank talking. Thank you for my service. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know what you think at The Blaze's Twitter. That is at The Blaze. Joanna, thank you so much thank for being you. here. Uh, we really appreciate your, your insight and letting us stupid Americans know uh, what the truth is in Venezuela. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you guys as
1: well. We, we are fun. stupid Americans. Let's face stupid facts. Americans. <laughs>